listening to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. Every week we discuss a movie and then one of the podcasters suggests the next movie for us to discuss. All the movies are available for the major streaming services so that you can participate with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined this week by Alicia Walker. Hello. Brooke Merritt. Hi. Josh Dean. Hello. And Nathan McKinney. Hey! Wait, I'm not Zach. And uh, today we are discussing uh, Josh's suggestion, Villains. Um, Not the Bob Hoskins show, but the Bill Skarsgård movie. Uh, First, we'll talk about what we've been watching lately. Um, Brooke, let's start with you. What have you been watching lately? Ooh, I've got a long list, but I've got it narrowed down. Um, One that I wanted to talk about um, was a documentary I watched a while back but never talked about um, was In Search of Darkness on Shudder, which is a four-hour documentary about 80s horror movies that is an excellent, fun watch. Uh, Highly recommend that. Yeah. Uh, I discovered Ted Lasso a little bit behind on that one, but I binged that uh, recently and just it's great for where we are right now to get something a little more happy and cheery and so it's a, a good watch for the time uh and on hbo max i finally got around to watching class action park which i really enjoyed uh, i have some weird fascination with amusement park accidents i don't know why or what that says about me but it was uh, yes, it was tragic, but also kind of funny and some good little 80s nostalgia back when there were no rules and we could run with scissors and, you know, throw ourselves off of 20 foot cliffs without a lifeguard or any kind of safety measures in place. So uh, those are those are probably my biggest recent watches. Yeah, I I have to apologize because I cannot think of the name of the other uh, movie off the top of my head, but there's another movie about that same park. There's like two different documentaries about it. Mm. Um, uh. And I don't even remember enough now to remember if the one you watched is the better of the two or not. Um, one of them is significantly more like detailed and outrageous and ridiculous and what it gets into. So this one was definitely more of a comedic coverage of it. There were some yeah. comedic actors I rec- recognized and had, you know, animated scenes in between. It wasn't until the the end it really got into the more serious um, consequences of it, which maybe a little respectful to the history of it. But it was an enjoyable movie. Uh, Nathan, how about you? Well, let's see. Um, I actually worked my way through the Queen's Gambit. Um, it's a show on Netflix. Um, really enjoyed that. It was fairly predictable, but I, I, I kind of feel like it was still, I, I think the funny thing was, is I got through almost the whole thing of it and I didn't realize it wasn't a true story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was, it was really good. Um, I thought the, the lead actress was really good and her, um, cast of male companions that she's not companions, quote unquote, but just folks that she was hanging out with in the chess world, uh, that was really well done. So the casting is good in it. So yeah, Anya Taylor joy is the lead in the queen's gambit. Um, she previously having been in the witch and split and glass. It's probably where you may have seen her before. And the new mutants. 
Let's not which is where that. you probably have not seen her before. Or maybe we should forget that. <laughs> Let's just think of her as we saw her in Queen's Gambit and forget New Mutants happened. Yeah, we saw a list of uh, best of 2020. There, It was an odd list this year. It was an indie wire list. It was an odd list this year, but uh, that did not make it. What? Shocking. So. <laughs> but uh, and then the other thing uh, that I watched was uh, I've been working through I, I you know I did the Halloween last month this month I'm doing German uh, I've actually decided to spread that over two months so I don't have to cram quite so dang many movies in such a short time especially when they're subtitled um, but the one I really kind of found really interesting this time was the Bader Meinhof complex and that's B A A D E R Meinhof complex and. Uh, little known to me at all. I don't know if you guys have ever heard those names before. I've heard that movie, but I haven't, I don't know what it's about though. Okay. Well, so there's a, there was a mirror uh, movement in the seventies from our like anti-war movement in the States that was a lot more violent and a lot more uh, terroristic. Um, and it kind of followed the whole thing from start to finish and including the originators of the, uh, violence that started out, they ended up in jail and then there were generations that kind of followed them, you know, as a movie, it wasn't like the most amazingly scripted movie or anything, but for a a movie about a pretty broad topic and a movement that had a lot of impact, I thought it did a really good job of kind of bringing you up to speed on the history. I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's just kind of a different take on the 1960s, 70s kind of um, civil rights movement that kind of took place over here and what that looked like over there. Uh, Alicia, how about you? Well, um, I just started watching this last week uh, the new season of The Crown, uh, which I'm really enjoying. I'm almost done with it. I think I've got two episodes left um, so far. I think they've done a pretty good job with dealing with uh, the Princess Diana prince charles situation although um you know like all the episodes of the crown it's kind of you know who knows right like it's a lot of it's speculation you're not exactly sure what happened but based on what people know and dramatization there you go so i enjoy it i I like a good royal drama you know so it's it's fine we finished watching the great not long ago so i needed a new royal family of scandal Mm -hmm. um and uh also movie wise something i really enjoyed that we watched uh this last week was the new sofia coppola movie on the rocks so watch that on apple plus it's nothing super serious it's it's fun it's good it gets into you know some topics but not very deep more in the shallow end but um you know i i kind of feel like it might be one of bill murray's best movies i mean I love Bill Murray in movies, but many of the movies I feel that Bill Murray is playing Bill Murray. I just happen to really like Bill Murray. But yeah, uh, I feel like this movie is actually a little bit more of a stretch for him, and he seems like he's really gotten into the role a little bit more, which is not the personality of Bill Murray. So that's kind of a good thing, I think. And uh, yeah, I think that um, was really well done, and I liked a lot of the locales for that. You know, I'm just the location... I want to be the location manager for movies, I think, sometimes. So they have a lot of fun places where they're filming it, and and it's good. And uh, it doesn't, you know, it, it it's not super unpredictable, but but there's still a few things in there that they throw in that are kind of fun that you don't see coming. So I really enjoyed that one. Are you sure it wasn't just Brian Doyle Murray or one of the other four <laughs> or five Murray brothers? Well, I think Bill is the tallest, so it was a tall Murray. 
Okay. So it's a tall I, drink I, of Murray. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's a tall drink of Murray. <laughs> well, I'll forget that ever happened. And uh, okay. <laughs> as for me, um, I liked it. As far Thank as you. good, good joke. Okay, you can stop celebrating now, guys. Um, so, uh, as for me, um, I saw a actual uh, new release um, that was made available through TIFF. Um, and for the first time that I know about, I was actually able to uh, look at one of those because normally they're region locked to Canada. But this was something that TIFF was like promoting and then somebody else was doing the actual uh, the actual hosting or, or, you know, taking the money and showing the movie. And that was a movie called Sound of Metal. Uh, it's a new movie starring Riz Ahmed, who people on this podcast may remember as uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's sidekick on Nightcrawler. The the little guy that uh, has a very unfortunate time in Nightcrawler. Uh, He's the lead. He plays the drummer in a two-person metal band. And the basic story of the movie is that um, he very rapidly becomes deaf. And the sound design is built around showing you the difference between what's going on for him and what's going on for everybody else. For, for you know for the deaf person and for the hearing person and he has to deal with how does he move forward with his band member who is also his girlfriend and how he moves on with his life whether he accepts his deafness or decides to just somehow continue to be a metal drummer with almost no hearing at all um, it's really, really interesting and uh, worth checking out if you can still find it on TIFF. Um, I imagine it'll be available on other VOD platforms eventually, but uh, it, that was a good one. That was one I thought was worth mentioning um, of the many, many things that I've watched. And then the other one I wanted to talk about was uh, a documentary on Netflix, a limited series called Trial 4. Um I hadn't heard anything about it before seeing it, and I i forget what else I was watching on Netflix. There was something else that came up that I watched, and then I looked at, you know, what are the recommendations? And, of course, like, every page of Netflix is dedicated to the Queen's Gambit right now, um, but I still managed <laughs> to find this Trial 4, uh, which is an eight-episode an eight uh, documentary And it follows the story of a 19-year-old kid who was set up for the murder of a cop in Boston back in the early 90s and set up by a bunch of corrupt cops. Um, He was tried twice, and both of those trials ended in uh, deadlocked hung juries. He was tried a third time and convicted, and served a 20 plus year sentence before uh, technicalities were found that basically pointed out that the people that were in charge of his uh, case, the people doing the investigation on the police side were all corrupt and all had things to hide and that getting somebody 
set up for this as quickly as possible before more stuff was dug into the police officer who was shot came to light. They wanted to like quickly move it through, um, got his third trial uh, thrown out. And the movie is a retelling of all of those events step by step um, leading up to his fourth trial, trial four um, over, over the same thing. So really, really well done, really well told. Another one of those like uh, uh, sort of that how to fix a drug scandal type of things and not just because they both take place in Massachusetts, but uh, had the similar kind of vibe of like, how could this possibly, how could people get away with this? And, um, you know, these, this guy's been wrongly convicted and the evidence against him is ridiculous. And uh, so it was very well done. And, and any true crime fan, um, there's, there's some, some, fl- you know, whatever your favorite flavor of true crime is, there's a little bit of it in this movie or in this series. It has elements of making a murderer and elements of, you know, this whole police corruption scandal thing and um, uh, the innocence project kind of look at things and all of that sort of stuff. So Dale, is it a, did you say it was a docu-series or is it a reenactment kind of? It's series? a docu-series. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's all the real people and uh, the documentary was filmed. Uh, I mean, they have, you know, footage from all the trials and all that kind of stuff. But as far as I can tell, the documentary itself was made between when his third, uh, third trial conviction was overturned through to, um, the fourth trial, which is a many, which is, which took many years to move through the system. But at least he was like out during that time after his, his conviction was overturned. He was, uh, he was on a, uh, uh, GPS ankle bracelet and released to his lawyer on bail. I don't, I don't know if we ever brought this show up, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of the, the narrative series rectify. I think it was on, uh, uh, yeah, I watched all of that. Um, it's it's not very much like it, but it's, I mean, similar idea, but, uh, rectify is more about, Rectify focuses a lot more on the the convicted killer, supposed killer, whatever character, um, and his family and all of that. And that's here, but it's a lot more about like like every facet of it's flushed out. We learn a lot about all the cops. We learn about the lawyers on either side, the DAs, um, the the even the judges that are involved in it. Um, they interview a bunch of people on the the three juries that they had held at that point and talked about how, um, you know, the, like the first jury, it was one holdout that wouldn't that wouldn't switch to not guilty. And the second one, it was like a lot closer. It was more like six to three, but they wouldn't change. And then the third jury like the DA had figured out how to win the case and they only deliberated for like three hours. (laughs) So it's like, Oh, okay. 
but uh yeah it's well well worth it um especially for true crime fans josh how about you uh well um i watched a lot of stupid stuff but some of it was good um <laughs> there is great uh, great selling there great selling yeah point. <laughs> well um which on 90 Netflix, day fiance was it no well no no sir um it was uh on netflix there's this new show um auntie donna's big old house of fun uh it's a <laughs> trio of australian <laughs> comedians um it is maybe the stupidest level of comedy you could ever hope to see but it made me laugh quite a bit um it's co-produced by comedy bang bang and some of those mm. people so if you like that kind of weird over-the-top humor um it's uh, it's pretty funny um the other thing, somebody gifted me a copy of Wonder Woman, so I decided, being the completest I am, I should probably watch Man of Steel and oh, no, Batman yeah. Superman. <laughs> Why would you do yeah, that to yourself? I don't know. I That was the wrong the wrong decision <laughs> that was a bad decision in retrospect it was it was a bad choice but um i i will say they are very pretty movies uh but very hollow and uh no character work whatsoever in any of them um i i didn't think it was possible to have just zero character development across four no five hours worth of movies but um man yeah, yeah. It was god awful. Batman so, uh, v Superman made me sick, like physically sick, to watch in the theater. Oh, I could believe it, absolutely. And I saw the ultimate edition, so I saw three hours Whoa. of it. Oh, yeah. You, well, you Why? didn't hold out for the Snyder cut. <laughs> no, well, I mean that's still coming. So for Justice League, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm looking forward to Wonder Woman because I hear it's actually a good movie. But um, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's, okay. But here's the thing. In comparison to what came before, it's like an actual movie. Oh, good. It, it's not yeah. just Zack Snyder nonsense. Like, <laughs> it has an actual direction and storyline and, and all that. Yeah. And speaking of which, um, to the the horror of, uh, of theater owners and theater lovers everywhere, Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel, is going to be... Uh, same day VOD released on Christmas Day. Right. So, uh, well, Josh, make sure you watch uh, Shazam in the mix of that. I had that's the only one I've seen so far, and I like Shazam actually. Shazam was um, really pretty dang good. Y- yeah, you I did such it. a good job of avoiding those terrible movies, and then <laughs> someone gave you Wonder Woman and cursed you. Well, now I'm trying to work up the gumption to watch Suicide Squad, but I don't know (laughs) if I can do it or not. Yeah. How can we help you, Josh? The Birds of Prey movie is worth watching. Yeah, that's good. I agree. Okay. I don't know Uh, if you have to watch the first one, though. I feel like I have to for some reason, but (laughs) yeah, okay. Maybe I should just get really drunk or something. Is it just that Zach's not here that you're talking about the DC movies? Because Zach loves those movies, and he's oh, he's he? just wrong. Is it the okay. only thing? Oh, I'm kind of glad he's not here because I, I don't want to get into an argument about him. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was terrible. <laughs> well, uh, you suggested a movie, Josh, uh, called Villains. We all watched it. Um, I hadn't seen it before. I don't know if anybody else on the panel has. Um, Brooke, let's start with you. What did you think of Villains? Oh, 
I knew you were going to make me go first, and I really don't want to. Uh, uh, Do you, you want know, me to I, go first? No, no, it's okay. It's my, my, I took a brief hiatus. This is my punishment for coming back. Um, I watched the movie. Uh, I did not like the movie uh, <laughs> at all. Um, I, I like horror comedy, which I feel like is what it was trying to be. Um, but it didn't have any real solid scares or creep factor, and it didn't have any laughs for me. Um, I didn't love it. Um, Bill Sarsgaard, I think, other th- if he's not playing somebody scary, he's not a very good actor, and I just couldn't overcome that because just from the beginning, I didn't think he was any good. I don't know. That may not be a common opinion, but I really struggled with his performance. Um you know, it, it held promise when they were first breaking into the house, and uh, then they find the girl who's chained up, and I, I thought there was hope, but it just kind of fell flat. I thought Kira Sedgwick and Jeffrey Donovan were really good for what they played. Um, they're they're always good. Uh, I thought they did, did well with what they had, uh, but I just yeah. didn't feel like anything was really happening in the movie. It's okay to have a movie with no real point if it's scary or funny, and this I didn't think was really either. It just didn't. I was not a fan. Fair enough. Well, I uh, I I didn't have that kind of problem with it. Um, I thought there was enough going on. I thought that the the stakes kept changing and things kept you know, it, it kept escalating, which I think was the the point or the idea of the way that the movie is set and staged. Um, that it's, you know, if you've seen the trailer or know anything about the premise, you know that the the couple are just as bad, if not worse, than the the thief couple. Um, I I like all four of the main actors. Uh, in general, I like Bill Skarsgård. I like Micah Monroe um, and the older couple, um, Jeffrey Donovan and Kara Sedgwick. Like they were, uh, I think Jeffrey Donovan especially was was pretty great in this. Um, Kara Sedgwick just didn't have very much to do. It, it was just sort of like, what's the weirdest thing we could ask Kara Sedgwick to do in this movie? And that's what they do. Like the whole thing about her seducing Bill Skarsgård while he's on the bed thing was like, all right, whatever, you know, and um, her looking at the body of her husband sprawled across the uh, driveway with blood everywhere going, honey, are you okay? <laughs> um, like that was just sort of the, the whole thing to it. Uh, yeah. For a, basically a, a forehander, bottle movie i think it's it's well done it's okay for what it is um i'm not gonna rush out and recommend it to anybody but i wasn't insulted by it and i wasn't uh um bored by it or or you know second guessing it um it 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 didn't it it didn't surprise me but it did some things that i found comedically interesting um some of the stuff of just uh particularly the scene where uh floppy micah monroe is is 
like bouncing herself across the floor to get to the cocaine to get the the barbiturates or whatever they've given her to wear off. And then she tries to give it to Bill Skarsgård and he exhales and blows it everywhere. And she's like, no, baby, that's not how you do it. Um, it reminded me a little bit by this, uh, by about the second half of the movie, it reminded me a little bit of The Ref, which I think is a much better movie. Um, the Dennis Leary movie where he takes like a family hostage and has to pretend that he's like part of the family and supposed to be there because the cops keep showing up for reasons other than what they're supposed to be there for. Um, or something like arsenic and old lace is like that kind of farcical. Everything is completely wrong and backwards plot. And we all have to pretend we're not who we say, you know, not who we really are when someone in authority shows up, um, all of those sorts of things going on. But, um, I don't know in my head canon, um, sweetie pie grows up to be the mom in the Florida project. So you can take that for what it's worth. <laughs> ah, nice. Uh, Nathan, what did you think? Uh, you know, this is one of those movies that kind of makes you want to just go, fine. I, I I, don't even know that it really qualifies for that for me. I, I, I had some moments where I was kind of mildly enjoying it, but for the most part, I was checking my watch. Um, I think, you know, Kira Sedgwick, I really like her. Um, it was kind of mildly entertaining to see her play a Looney Tunes person, but I, I will say I was mildly offended because the movie was not good enough to justify making fun of mental illness. I, I don't know. I, that's kind of what I took away from illness. Yeah. Cause those two are not, not saying they're not doing well. Uh, you know, I just kind of felt like, I don't know. There was not enough here to make me really enjoy this. I, yeah, I checked my watch almost the whole way. I, I I didn't have a real strong problem with the cast. It was just the movie just didn't do anything for me. Because um, my reading of it was that at the end, after um, both of the men are dead and Micah Monroe is standing there with Sweetie Pie and the mother is like cradling the dead father character it's like it's all on Micah Monroe's face, but it's almost like it, it, it's like Kira Sedgwick is the crazy one, and the guy is sort of along for the ride and and like doing the best he can. That was kind of the way I read it, as opposed to these are just two crazy people that are just crazy. I'm, I'm just going to reemphasize. I was very mildly offended by it, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean enough to just kind of sit through the movie and go for it. It was not like a big deal. It just it wasn't my favorite movie to begin with. Um, so I'm not sure I have a whole lot more. I mean, about the only scene that I really thought was even remotely engaging was the, uh, the tongue piercing scene, the D piercing scene. I was like, okay, this is at least <laughs> kind of like cringy enough that I'm kind of going, eh, I want to see how this works out, but the rest of it. Eh. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, that's me. That's Alicia. Me. Um, I think I probably liked it a little better than Nathan and maybe Brooke. Um, I, I didn't love, love it, but there were things I liked about it. I, um, I liked the premise of it. I, I did, like you guys said, I really liked, uh, Jeffrey Donovan and Kira Sedgwick. I, Bill Skarsgård, he was, he was fine in it. I think I like him better from like Castle Rock 
and, and stuff like that. But again, he is kind of a creepy character, like, you know, when he's Pennywise. But um, I, there were, there were scenes I really liked. The tongue piercing one, the de-piercing, as we're referring to it. I, I, that one I did really like, too. I liked some of the little things, like, that they didn't really explain too much, like uh, looking through the family album or whatever, and there's the picture of, what was it, her dad, and there's, like, a pool of blood, and it's the picture of the two of them. <laughs> you know, George and Gloria, like, posing for a photo, and obviously they've killed her dad or whatever it was. Like, those kind of little things where I was like, okay, ooh, now I want to know more about that. I want to know the backstory of, like, where where did they come from? What Thelma and Louise situation got them here to this little house in the country? You know, that kind of stuff I thought was interesting. Um, I, I, I'm sad to say probably one of my favorite things about the movie was the end credits. Uh, I loved the animated end <laughs> And those are batshit insane. I loved it. That I was I was riveted. I was like, now this, this is the, where the money is, right here. This is fantastic. So I thought, honestly, that that was the best part of the movie. I was actually sorry, having sorry contrast say, but, trouble with it. Um, yeah. Like when Kira Sedgwick's credit came up, it was so blended into the rest of what was there. And it, it wasn't really like it was in red, but the font was like such a like weird, gutsy, gooey odd yeah. mess but i was like yeah. they're not going to credit kara sedgwick it's like oh i see it just as it faded off right it's right. like yeah, it's I like a magic was... eye version of credits yeah and just <laughs> how they blended all these just little details from the movie into the animated end credits i i thought that was magical but um but but i mean i even made the comment to nathan i was like if i would have seen that from the beginning i may have been even locked more on although obviously i wouldn't have gotten a lot of the references and things like that i it needed to be an end credit sequence but because i loved it so much i kind of wished it was earlier yeah yeah, I I don't know. I think it could have been, uh, it could have been funnier. I don't think it particularly succeeded at being horror at all. It was just more of it was just more drama, and and more of like like on paper. I think it sounds a lot scarier than it is. But yeah. like everything shot in the daylight, and like Sweetie Pie is not a a distressed character she's just sort of you know just sort of there yeah so you don't really which you know i don't know if i really want to see a movie about like a little girl getting tortured that also has jokey drug humor in it but you know i i well i, th I think they could have leaned into some of it a bit more than they did yeah i also think um for the horror suspense thriller part, it was a little lacking because, you know, as bizarre of a history as George and Gloria have, I never felt super scared of them. Right. You know, which, which I know is kind of, in a way, that's the point is, oh, they've got, you know, they're home from the throwback 60s and she's making chicken pot pie or whatever. But um, it wasn't, it wasn't enough of a contrast of that happy homemaker thing with you know murdering people enough to really make me yeah. feel suspense about it, it well yeah, i it, think for those characters to work they have to have that either they're really playing it creepy scary or they're playing it really over the top silly and it was so in between that it just mm -hmm. didn't quite work and i went into it knowing nothing i didn't read any summaries didn't watch any trailers i went, yeah, went in either. with zero information and i could see what they were trying to do and those were the points like you said if if you're doing characters like those two, they have to be 
more towards one of those two arenas a little scary or really pretty funny and it just didn't quite work in that in between i think the moment that it falls apart is when um jeffrey donovan does that whole monologue about how he's a salesman and he can read people and he knows how to motivate people and he talks through all of that and then bill skarsgård's character just immediately does it back to him and does it successfully and you're like where did this dumbass come up with that <laughs> like okay obviously these were written by the same person and they had lots of time to work on their monologues because any other spot in the movie the bill skarsgård character is just like he, he's just kind of a dumbass and so that just doesn't mesh right and it completely defangs any kind of threat f- for uh george's character because he can be outwitted by Bill Skarsgård. It's it's the hair car wash. That hair car wash just embodied, like, <laughs> got him all smart for the next half hour for him to think of that big thing. Yeah, he does come up with some clever ideas every now and then, though. That's the one yeah. thing about, yeah. He's not a total dumbass, but he has to stop and think That's for a good couple of minutes before he can come up with a good idea. Um, so I'm guessing he wasn't actually listening to uh, Jeffrey Donovan <laughs> that whole time and was just coming up with what his rebuttal was going to be. Yeah, I mean, but he parents back a lot of the same sort of concepts. It's, it's like if you gave me a speech and told me to write the counter speech and gave me like an hour, that's what I would come up with. But like off the top of my head, I'd maybe pick out one thing that you said and and just make a meal out of that. Um, and, and, you know, I have improv training. Um, I write 1,200 jokes every month. So like I, I, I could probably handle that, um, but not write, like not, absolutely right in the moment as perfectly as as he does but um let's officially bring you in josh what the hell man what's what's going on uh yeah so i wanted to pick something i didn't have an emotional investment in so that if everybody hated it i wouldn't uh cry (laughs) myself (laughs) yeah exactly um so uh yeah this one was just one i had fun watching the first time um I guess uh, I saw the trailer at Dragon Con like two years ago. Yeah. And um, so I got a chance to see it, and I was pleasantly surprised by it. Watching it a second time, um, I didn't like it as much the second time around as I did the first time. Um, I I still found it to be kind of like a... Like, they're trying to put some Tarantino characters into a David Lynch movie, but nobody <laughs> really got on the same page with that. And so it, it there's something missing from it. I would totally agree with everybody that um, something at the core of it doesn't quite succeed in what it tries to be. But um, the performances, I thought, were pretty winning. Um, I, I was along for the ride for most of it. Um, the like I said, the deep, deep piercing scene and the immediate Jeffrey Donovan showing up to feed them while their oh, mouths yeah. are filled with metal and blood. Yeah, um, that's good. Yeah, the timing uh, mm-hmm. that was a great uh, little. Well, bit that, for yeah, me. there were tons of like little cool little like um, like I said, like kind of that arsenic and old lace feel of like the timing is just perfectly wrong um, mm. for this stuff to work out. The other one that really stuck out to me was. 
when they just about let Bill Skarsgård walk out the door. Right. And Micah Monroe shows up at the top of the stairs with the baby. Mm-hmm. And with Ethan. <laughs> and George is like, well, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> and this time, the first time I saw it, I didn't get, I didn't hear how the dialogue sounded like he was getting ready to murder him uh, instead of letting him go. But this time when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, okay. I, I see where the comedic tension is coming from in that more. Um the uh the yeah, the sense of humor and i i think it worked better for me as a comedy than it did as any kind of horror i think you guys are right it's not it's not scary really or uh you know you don't i don't think like you feel like these people are um in you don't care if they're in grave peril for most of the movie um but uh it reminded me a little bit of true romance like a uh, like their characters came a little bit from true romance um, but again, not as, not as good as true romance, but, um, see, I yeah, can see I like know. the George and Gloria character working in an eating Raul type of situation. Sure. Like as the leads of a movie like that, um, yeah. or the leads of a series like that, um, versus this, this is kind of more, it feels more ensemble-ish. Like they, they, they put the viewers they, they try to make the protagonist the young couple and it doesn't, re- it only works so long as to satisfy the surprise that the house that they broke into is not the house they should have broken into. <laughs> Once that surprise is exhausted, like their characters don't really matter that much to us anymore. Like it's not, and they are not engaging enough anymore. Whereas you know, if we had more history on the older couple, mm. there's a lot more potential there to either go the um, crazy comedy, eating Raul, dark comedy sort of direction, or to go in the other direction to make it more of an American horror story thing where all four of these characters have subplots and things and they end up running into each other and one-offs another and then you know that sort of plot um but i think the the comedy direction i think the comedy potential is more there than the horror angle of it i think the horror angle is very uh very stale and very borrowed very derivative of of other things and I feel like it's more implied too, like the little video cassette that he finds at the beginning with somebody being tortured probably in it. Um, you just get these little moments where you're like, there's a big backstory. Um, and like Alicia was saying, the photograph of the, the father being killed and everything. Like, there's a story there that I'm way more interested in with uh, Jeffrey Donovan and Kira Sedgwick. Um, and whatever the hell that creepy song was she was dancing to. Uh, <laughs> well, and like, uh, they, like, they have some blood in the movie. You know, we, we talked about the, the tongue stud removal scene. Mm-hmm. And then they have the very, very graphic killing of George. Uh, in the driveway by his own, or we don't even know, but whatever Sweetie Pie is to him, um, his captive little girl, whatever, um, where she shoots him in the head and the camera immediately cuts to a shot through the back of his head to her um, with just all this circle of gore in the screen. 
Um, which is it again? It's odd because like um, to to uh, sort of echo what Alicia was saying about the end credits. If it had like over the top violence in it, that could have been another comedic aspect of the movie had they wanted it to be like the stud removal thing is not a it's not reservoir dogs cutting off the ear it's a funny scene um and they they play the shooting of george as a comedic scene it's not you're not supposed to be like grossed out or go oh my god you're supposed to go yeah badass she got him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and there's just not enough of those moments to have to capitalize on it. And it's almost like if they remove those two beats, those two sort of blood moments from the movie, then it's basically like a PG-13, you know, uh, play, like a just a four-person play, stage play. They should have gone more Evil Dead with it is what you're saying. Yeah, that seemed Raimi-ish, right? Yeah, or <laughs> Raimi-ish, or or you know, even just like a light a light glaze of trauma in there. <laughs> just like we know this, this. Yes. we know this is stupid and ridiculous, but we're doing it anyway. Like one of the characters is hanging from the other character's entrails at one point, and like <laughs> I gotta slip out of here. Like, okay. Then, then, then you get more of a horror comedy vibe going. Or what's the what's the Peter Jackson horror movie that's so off the rails? Oh, uh, dead, dead alive, dead, dead alive. alive. Yeah, <laughs> bring me some dead alive. That Bad taste. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those things would have. But I, I have the feeling, and I mean, based on um, how many people are in this movie and the production design and all of that. This very much feels like a, you know, we have X hundreds of thousands of dollars, not X millions of dollars. And they made the best movie they could for, you know, I don't know, maybe a million, something like that. So, um, Brooke, it is your turn to suggest a movie. What would you like for us to watch next? Don't man me. You had to have one. I know. I, I I actually had it narrowed down to a couple, but then I just last minute decided to do a different one, but I don't think it's uh, easy to find on streaming. Um, oh, that'll just make the decision. Uh, yeah. Um, I was going to throw out Safe, uh, the 1995 Julianne Moore, Todd Haynes. Oh, uh, that's out for there. For some reason, that one. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's everywhere for $3. Okay. Well, yeah, I wanted to try to find it. Criterion, too. Okay. Well, that was I had I had a couple other things, and then last minute I decided that I think I want to do uh, do safe. No, that sounds good. Well, we will see you next time with that. Thanks everybody for participating in our discussion of villains, and uh, thanks everybody out there for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.